Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope everyone is having just a phenomenal Thursday morning. You know, every time I get this this deep into my week, I get excited because I know that exciting things will take place throughout the rest of the week. I've got the news reports. We've got great things that are happening today. I'm putting out a, a brand new review on some companies. So it's it's a powerful time. It's a wonderful time in people's lives, and that's the exciting part of where we're at today, Resolved, the 13 Resolutions of Life by Orrin Woodward. Now, we're in Chapter 12, one more day. We finished Orrin's book tomorrow. I don't know about you. It's just because of the way my life is. I have journaled in this thing. I have have written so much stuff in it, and today's chapter uh, is probably one of the most powerful. I resolved to develop an adversity quotient. I know that the AQ leads to perseverance in overcoming obstacles and setbacks. See, everybody gets knocked down. Everybody gets slapped. Winners get back up, man. Just look at the Super Bowl. Look at any sports game. Look at rugby, for that matter. How about look at life in general? So what is the adversity quote? And how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get that? What is it? Orn writes this. He says, a person with a high IAQ refuses to compromise on personal and professional excellence no matter how difficult the obstacle evolves, in, is involved. Author Paul Stout writes, Adversity quotient is described your success in life describes that your success in life is largely determined by your AQ. An AQ tells you how well you will withstand adversity and your ability to surmount it. An AQ predicts who will overcome the adversity, and who will be crushed. AQ predicts who will exceed expectations of their performance and potential and who will fall short. And AQ predicts who gives up and who prevails. That's interesting because most of us don't even, don't even give much thought to an AQ. Orrin writes, not surprisingly, AQ is one of the biggest factors lacking and one that is sorely needed in our progressively complacent, faithless, and purposeless generation. He gets pretty stout in this thing. He says, without strong faith in one's purpose, your, your AQ, a person will make fatal short-sighted decisions compromising their ideals for their comfort. So what is the AQ? What's the formula? The for- and you may want to write this down. I did. The formula for an adversity quotient is the IQ, the intelligent quotient, times the EQ, the emotional quotient, times the WQ, the will quotient. That equals your adversity quotient. See, there's things in life that just smack us. Like I said in the beginning, there's nothing that you can do about it. It's going to happen. The question is how are you going to face it when it does? 
See, a lot of times people feel like they're smart enough to overcome anything. And I and I don't knock edu- uh, education. I don't knock intelligence. I think it's a benefit for all. But one of my heroes, and, and obviously Orange too, because he writes about him a lot in this book, is Henry Ford. Henry had a very high AQ, but he had an average IQ. So it's not intelligence that gives you a high adversity quotient. Matter of fact, there's a story that was written by Dr. David Schultz, or Schwartz, and here's what it says. He says, the Chicago Tribune, who had, who had sued Ford, asked him a scores of simple questions such as, who was Benedict Arnold? Who was the Rev- when was the Revolutionary War fought, fought in others? Most of which Ford had little, since he had former location, could not answer. Finally, he became quite exasperated, and he said, I don't know the answers to these questions, but I can find a man in five minutes who does. See, Henry Ford was never interested in miscellaneous information. He knew that what every major executive knows, the ability to know how to get the information, is more important than the mind is a garage of facts. See, I've, I've got a lot of facts in my mind, but it's about specific things, just like Henry Ford, that I need to have at my fingertips. See, there's all kinds of educated derelicts out there. People that's got all kinds of certificates, all kinds of master's degree, all this crap up on the wall. I meet meet people that were educated derelicts all day long here on the island, and now they're entrepreneurs. They've raised that AQ to, to such a level, they're out there doing what they thoroughly enjoy, not what they went to school for. See, here's what we have to do if we want to succeed, whether it's in life, in a relationship, whether it's in business. Every person must plan according to their strengths and their weaknesses. That's why good leaders have great teams around them. It's not about being an expert. Ford said this, none of our men are experts. We have we have had the most unfortunate experience with experts and have found it necessary to get rid of a man as soon as he thinks he is an expert because no one else will consider him as such. See, as soon as you think you're an expert, you think you know everything there is to know about a certain subject, topic, whatever, you cease to grow. When you realize that there's always more, there's always something to learn, then you move forward. But part two of the formula is the emotional quotient. Now this is important and I'm gonna get a little bit I'm gonna get a little bit detailed in this. And I'm doing this because Oren talks at it from a business standpoint, but I want people to understand that when you're in relationships and and your spouse or your, your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your best friend is 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 going through a series of, of of what I call mental mental explosions. Okay, it's where where the we, we see this a lot with with uh, Alzheimer's patients. We see it a lot if people have had head injuries in sports. This is what happens, and this is where it can get really. If you don't have the right emotional quotient, 
it can cause a problem because you won't have a, a, a high AQ or your high AQ could change. It says the physical pathway of the senses into the brain travel through the spinal cord into the back of the brain, moving into the center limbic system. That's where you feel things. Finally, moving to the front rational system where you think. Since all senses go through the feeling limbic portion before reaching the rational brain, it's easy to respond emotionally without allowing time to rationally develop the proper response. Finnis Gage, a railroad supervisor, was instrumental in the development of understanding the function of the brain and what we call the EQ, that emotional quotient. This is very interesting that, that, that you get this. Listen to the story here. This is, if you don't get anything else out of today, I think this is important because it helps us all to understand why some people are the way they are. Gage was considered to be one of the best leaders, always punctual and reliable at his work. But tragically on the job, he had an accident, a 43-inch long tampering iron with a diameter of 1.5 inches rocketed through the front lobe of Gage's brain. Amazingly, Gage survived the grisly accident, grisly accident, excuse me. It was a miracle that he lived, but others quickly realized that he wasn't the same. Instead of his normally high EQ, Gage lost his temper quickly, becoming emotionally unstable at the slightest provocation, provocation. He would curse like a sailor when under stress, creating tension and chaos among his confused crew who used or who was used to his previous demeanor. Gage quickly descended from the top of the supervisory portion to unemployment. But see, unlike us, we don't have this excuse. But here's what happens. When your frontal lobe or anybody's frontal lobe starts getting freaked out, if you've got strokes, if, if you get hit hard, it causes you to have what we call that short fuse, that that reaction from the hip. I'll tell you another type of individual that will have this is is uh, bipolar people. They They fluctuate. If you're in business, if you're in a relationship, and it seems like one moment people seem to be calm, cool, and collected, and the next minute they just boom like a stick of dynamite, probably it has to do with that frontal, emotional, reasoning side of things is out of whack. You think about it, you feel it, but then you you, you have that problem putting the logic, the ration behind the emotion, and it causes it to be a messed up thing. Here's the dilemma. Most of us don't go through this type of situation. Most of us can learn to create a high EQ. Now, sometimes a high EQ can be misinterpreted as passive-aggressive. I have a tendency because I know that I can flip a trigger fast. I mean, in my young years, it was my anger. My anger would, would was so high that I, I would just react, period. I, I wasn't worried. I, I definitely have a high pain tolerance, so reacting did not bother me, whether it was physical fighting or an, a, a verbal attack. 
because I, I just didn't care about confrontation. As I grew up, as my wife trained me, as the good Lord got a hold of me, I now analyze things. I take my time. I've got clients that get frustrated, I think, sometimes, because we will sign an agreement, they will send me a check, and I'm getting ready to put a, a, a creative plan together for them in, in whatever it is that we're working on, and they think it's going to happen overnight. And the reality is, no matter what it is, I want to make sure I'm doing it correctly so I don't jump the gun and just say, go do this, 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 and this. I create a plan. I put a plan together the other day for a gentleman. It was 18 pages long, and he wrote me back, and he said, this is way more than what I anticipated you would do. And the reason I'm telling you this is because this is part of getting that AQ put together, that that emotional quotient is important. And some people in our lives have had it. But then because of those neurons and all that other stuff that's working in the brain, and we've done trainings on this so that you can understand it, when that starts firing wrong for whatever reason, and sometimes it's just bad attitude, but most of the time there's an issue there, it causes a problem. The third part is the will quotient. See, remember, to have a high AQ, it's the IQ times the EQ times the WQ, the will quotient. Now, this is pretty important right here. Warren writes this, and this is good. He says, there are two aspects of AQ that make perseverance possible, and both are needed in order to endure the dark nights of the soul. The trust, which is the EQ, and the obey, which is the WQ. I love the way he blends this stuff. WQ is the ability to align the will to obey the laws of success consistently. Let me throw it in a different light. Your EQ, which is that emotional quotient, you're, you're sitting there and, and uh, I'm going to use my dad as an example because the worst case scenario is he'll call me and yell at me. But let's say you're like my dad and, and you're, you've got your physical therapist coming in. And your physical therapist is saying, hey, man, we need to do these exercises. Now, you, you know that you need to do the exercises. You know that you, you, you definitely trust your physical therapist, but you decide I'm not going to do them. What happens there is you're trusting yourself more than you are the physical therapist. Sometimes we trust ourselves more than we do our leaders. We don't want to fall under the authority of a leader. Sometimes that happens in a church. So when that happens, when the EQ is low, when we decide we're going to trust ourselves more than we are someone else, more than we are, in this case, my dad, the physical therapist, then we don't obey, which is that will quotient. We say, no, I will not. See, the WQ is the ability to align the will to obey the laws of success. If we want to get stronger in any aspect of our life, we have to have an EQ and we have to have the WQ. Now, here's what we've seen, and Orrin writes it this way. If a person trusts but doesn't obey, his success will never arrive. My dad knows the physical therapist is right. That's what they're there for. But he's not going to obey. 
How many times do you go through life doing the same thing? You know what you need to do, but you're not going to obey. I know I shouldn't have an affair. I know I shouldn't have a work wife, but... Well, I know I should listen to my upline, but... Well, I know my boss is probably right, but... See, that's the kicker. So we've got to look deep into ourselves and say, why do we not want to obey? See, one of the reasons that we don't obey is because the results typically require a longer time period than is expected. And we don't like that because we don't have a high AQ, adversity quotient. We want it to happen overnight. We got this instant gratification. We want it right now, and it doesn't work that way. That's the problem. Christians, and, and Orrin writes this in the book, but but I've heard it all my life. Christians have a saying, and I love it. That's one of the one things that I really believe in. It says, work as if everything depends on you, but pray as if everything depends on God. Orrin, he, he defines this a little bit. He says, this is the essence this, this, in essence, describes the mix between faith and works, trusting and obeying, that's needed to achieve enduring success. See, the trust and obey process applies even when people do not believe in the Creator. See, even if you don't believe in God, if you're an atheist, it doesn't mean that the process doesn't work. In fact, in Matthew 5.45 it reads, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. He makes his Son to rise in the evil, rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. If I break that out, basically the process of reaping and sowing works whether you're a Christian or not. It's just part of the process. Trusting and obeying. See, if you trust and you obey and you have a high AQ, it doesn't matter what your spiritual walk is. You could apply that and you would succeed. At the same time, you can you can say, I love Jesus. And it doesn't mean that you're going to succeed if your AQ is low. That's what I always love all the time. And, and, I, and I because I am a Christian, because I love Jesus, I, I like to say, actually, I'm an authentic follower of Jesus Christ because I'm not sure what Christian means anymore, but... Here's the kicker. Let's not get into semantics. Here's what I do know. I know that too many times people of all faiths like to fall back on the, well, if God wanted me to be this way, if God wanted me to succeed, if if I was supposed to be this way, and that's not it. you got to get off your doggone butt. See, there's a myth in Christianity, too, that says, God won't give you more than you can handle. That's the most asinine comment I've ever heard. It goes totally against the whole context of the Bible. There's not a man of faith in the Bible that wasn't giving more than he could handle, more than she could handle. And you want to know what happened? They cried out to God. Well, guess what? If we take this into context of what Orrin's talking about, then there's going to be times when you're going to be faced with adversity. You're going to be trying to build your business, and your number one team member is going to quit. You're going to be out there building your business, and the number one prospect is going to say no. You're going to be out there building your business. Oh, this is the best one right here. And the company's going to shut their doors on you. 
you've got to have a high AQ. Orn writes this, an AQ is non-negotiable because real success isn't the destination. The real destination is who becomes who one becomes on the journey towards success. See, that is the key. Orn writes this, and I think this is good. It's always darkest before the dawn, but many times people give up just inches away from the goal line, leaving heartache and disappointment instead of elation and victory as one's last legacy. When one stops trusting the process, hope is lost, leading to the loss of perseverance and the willingness to endure. Here's what, that's, here's what this is called, if we want to put it into the, the psychology. It's called learned helplessness. Most people have learned or heard about Pablo's dogs. Pablo would would ring a bell and and you know eventually what happened was the dogs is they they wanted to eat and they'd heard that bell so long that even if there wasn't food they'd ring the bell and they'd start salivating. So people for years the philosophy was that okay people can just be taught to do what they what we want them to do mind manipulation is what it's called. We can teach them to act the way we want them to act. And in theory, that's partially true. But it's not the total truth. See, Dr. Martin Slegman in 1965 stumbled across what the American Psychological Association has called landmark theory of the century, learned helplessness. See, learned helplessness is the belief that what a person cannot alter is a learned belief that what a person does cannot alter his outcomes, that somehow life's cards have stacked against him. In other words, it goes back to what I said a minute ago. Well, I just was born this way. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. I was I was born with a doggone plastic spoon in my mouth. Matter of fact, it was actually copper, and it tastes bad, and it tarnishes instead of that beautiful gold but what happened is it's been concluded that men live by a learned set of behaviors and when we live by a learned set of behaviors we actually take away room for thinking responsibility changing and therefore we screw up our own destiny that that's what pablo's theories did that's what people try to go around believing it's been a myth that's just gone out there forever and ever and ever Slugman did experiences that actually altered that. He showed where no matter what the pain was, there were times when dogs would jump away from the pain no matter what. They didn't just stay there and suck it up and take it, which would have been a learned behavior. People are the same way. I have a an associate of mine. His name's Ryan Blair. When Ryan was a teenage kid, he was a drug dealer, worked in a gang in L.A., that's all he knew. His dad had left. His dad was a dopehead. Left him with a beautiful mom, but she couldn't handle him. She had to go work. So Ryan did what other kids in L.A. did at the time. Found a gang, got involved. Next thing you know, he's in juvenile hall. Busted. Today, he's the CEO of one of the fastest-growing companies in business. 
In 2010, they did $10 million. In 2008, they were on the verge of bankruptcy. In 2011, they did $234 million. Ryan and his two partners have been paid well over $200 million between the three of them for their company. Not bad for a kid that was a gangbanger in L.A. If we just listen to Pablo's theory, he should never have come out of the gutter. He should have just stayed there. That's the way it is. Shoot, I, I, I can use myself as an example. Now, I grew up in a, in a nice mid-American home. Dad was a teamster, knuckle buster. You know, I, I should have just, well, I'll grow up, I'll be in the teamsters, I'll, I'll bust heads. If you're a scab and you're crossing the line, I'll, I'll become friends with some of the organized crime figures that run the union. I'll, I'll do all this stuff. I didn't join the union, some of the other stuff I did. But like my dad and like my mom and like me, I decided that wasn't good enough for me. I can do something better. I can go be somebody. Started getting that entrepreneurial spirit when I was young. Married an entrepreneur. Raising entrepreneurs. You can change if you have a high AQ, but the high AQ has to be developed. Listen to what Orrin writes. Today's achievers handle not only the traditional pain associated with excellence, but the additional pain associated with the envious prattle of today's Internet non-achievers. I love it. See, what happens today is when people can't achieve, when people can't take the pain when they're in an, an organization or they they followed somebody i don't care if it's tony robbins or Orrin woodward i don't care if it's president obama or or john mccain when they decide that they don't want to trust when they don't have the will to follow when it when it gets too hot they hide anonymously most of the time on the internet and they take pot shots at everybody else to cover up their pain of failing because they don't want to move through the pain, and you've always got to move through the pain. We can thank Adam and Eve for this, I guess, because women can't have the joy of holding a baby in their hands unless there's some pain. It's just the way it is. Men can't enjoy having a beautiful wife and a mother unless that woman goes through the pain of childbirth and the man goes through the pain of raising a teenager. And you want to know what happens? Men just love the pleasure of the sex, so they leave the mom as a single mom. They go off and do their own thing, and they live in pain all their life because they never get the joy of a family. Women sometimes like to go play. Don't you like the way I just change subjects all the time, add in my own little philosophy? Women like to go play without having to pay, and then here they are trying to raise a baby. And I'm not trying to be the moral police. What I'm saying is there's nothing in life that is worth achieving where there will not be pain. There's a divorce rate both in corporate America and in personal lives of over 50% where people just quit. I'm done. Nobody lives by a covenant anymore. They live by an agreement with fine print in it. I had a client that, that, that decided they didn't like the fact that I charged them a certain amount of money. Wanted, a, wanted less money. I said, this is what our contract is. He said, well, I'm not paying you any more money. 
I said, it doesn't matter. This is this is what I agreed to do. Whether you pay me or not, I've agreed to do this. Now, I got my attorney and my wife thought I was nuts. But when I sign an agreement and you break that agreement, I don't try to justify my right not to fulfill my obligation. If I did, I wouldn't be married today because most people walk down the altar and they say, I do, for sickness or health, for better or worse, but they don't really realize that what they're saying is, I'm going to be married to you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to do all this unconditionally, no matter if you believe in me or not. And that's what we have to do. Chris Brady, as I close, wrote this in his book, Rascal. It takes character to be different. It takes character to stand apart from the masses of, for legitimate, purposeful reasons. It takes character to be who God called you to be without coming to the pressures of others and their ideas of who you should be or how you should live. Rascals pay the temporary price of pain for success rather than pay the permanent price of regret for failure. Man, this is I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be sad when we finish this book tomorrow because I think it's been phenomenal. There's some really good stuff in here if you if you really want to apply it to your lives. Tomorrow, the last resolve to reverse the current decline in my field of mastery. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here be back here with me tomorrow morning on RealMentorsRadio.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.